Welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust show with Brittany Gardner, the podcast where we explore the world of personal branding and how to build your know, like, and trust factor up for ultimate business success. And now here's your host, Brittany Gardner. Hey, hey, everyone. We are in for a treat today. I am here with Sage Polaris, and we are talking about conscious launches. And basically, if the idea of launches are kind of hard for you, we are going to be covering that. If you're a service provider and you feel like you don't need to launch, we're going to be covering that. Yes, launching for service providers is very different than a typical course creator launch. So we're going to be covering all of that. First, a little bit about Sage. She's written high converting copy for more than 400 clients and are earning them millions of dollars. She helps personal brands and service providers sell more of their service or offer with the words on their website. She's worked with Shailene Johnson, Chrisette Michelle, Rick Mulready, and Lynn Twist. With that, let's hop right on into the interview. All right, Sage, welcome to the No Like and Trust Show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So um, I know we're going to probably dive pretty quick into talking a little bit about making launches less crappy, for lack of better wording <laughs> there. Um, but would you mind just giving us kind of a brief like summary on, on why this topic is important to you? 100%. So I'm 10 years deep into my business. I started out as a copywriter who was mostly writing websites and doing branding style, uh, style of writing. And realized that my clients had a need for wanting to scale their services, start doing courses, have memberships, group programs, all the things I actually also have now for myself. And launching, I have found, can be exciting, fun, and incredible. And also the bane of your existence, depending on where the planets are that week and what's happening with, you know, it's a people business at the end of the day, like what's happening with your team, all those things. And so I have decided to give people tools to love up on their launches more so it doesn't have to be so stressful, um, difficult, anxiety-ridden, like those things. I don't want anybody's business to be that. So if I can share what I know from these 10 years, I'm gonna. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, lo- I love that. Love up on your launch, the way you worded that. That was good. Yeah, we got to start loving up on our launch because, you know, it's also it, for me, at least entrepreneurial journey has been a self-discovery, self-development journey as well. Like we sometimes want to separate the business from ourselves. And if you're a personal brand, particularly, how can you separate the two? Like your life informs your business and your business informs your life. So at least that's where I'm at. And I know everybody's in a different place with it, but it's a really nice place to be once you get comfortable and enjoy it. <laughs> you know, it, that's so it's interesting that you brought that up, right? So I've also gone through several different launches and I would probably classify myself as launch averse. I'm like, how could we do this without launching? How could we release this without doing that? You know, and yeah. I always look at it like that. And it's 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 more that I'm not willing to put in super intense weeks into my business. Yeah. You know, if I'm going to be working really hard, it's it's behind the scenes things. It's not going to be a super intense front of scenes, you know, like spearheading. And that's just because of, you know, my personality style. It's the way I like to work and, and things like that. I've worked on very intense launches for clients where I'm you know, no one knows I'm a part of the launch and I'm fine with that part. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, 
But having to be very face forward for an intense period is is rough on me just for my personality type. So I'm, I'm actually really curious what your thoughts are on that. A hundred percent. And I was going to say, let's start with acknowledge your personality. Maybe you are not meant for certain launch styles and that's totally fine. I am the type of person who prefers slow growth in my business. And for that reason, I definitely tried launching early on in my business. Like year two, I launched a course Four people bought two were affiliates. It was a flop. And that's fine because I learned that actually my strengths and skills are serving private clients, doing their copy for them. Like you said, being behind the scenes of a launch. And I went all in on that for like the next five years. I didn't want to touch a launch because I learned a lot about where my strengths and skills lied. And then something happened and I like want to share this and this may or may not land for some people like around 2019, I realized that actually I can have the same success my clients have if I get there in a way that feels good to me. So I had plenty of time to think about what does feel good to me, right? Like I just kept serving the private clients for all those years And the tipping point for me of deciding like, oh, actually I want my work to be more accessible because those first like seven or so years of my business, you had to know somebody to know somebody to hire me. And in 2019, I decided that wasn't okay. Like I didn't want to be only accessible by referral. And so what that meant for me was making a conscious decision about how I wanted to grow my audience. And people started asking me for things and they had been asking me like, oh, I wish there was a way to access your work at a lower price point because working privately with me is expensive. Um, And so I started to look at like, what could those things be? And I kind of tiptoed my way in through a group program, a mastermind. Um, I feel like that's a tiptoe because what's required for that style of launch And this is a thing I want everyone to start thinking about is like a launch to me, I can stretch the definition of that word to mean pretty much anything under the sun. But like when I start, when I want to attract private clients, that's a launch to me. And most people don't think of that as a launch because they only think of courses, right? So to attract private clients, I don't need much of a funnel. It's more like building relationships and connecting with the people who maybe have sent me business in the past or have been a client in the past and reconnecting with them. So I'm like one email away from booking, right? Whereas like a group program, it doesn't take that much. We did a lot for that live event because it um, we sold from a stage in Niagara Falls for the mastermind and I had a business partner at the time. We did a lot for that launch because we were both copywriters and it was fun for us to like host webinars, do campaigns, because it wasn't just one person doing it, it was two people, right? And we had the same skill set and a similar size team. So we were able to pull things off. And I think maybe that's the other thing to ask yourself is first of all, what is a launch to you? Does it really have to be complicated? Are you really just one email away from a sale? You could sell out a mastermind by hosting a dinner with people, right? And like having a great time at a waterfront restaurant and at the end of the night being like, 
did y'all have fun tonight? Let's do this and make an offer right then and there, right? You don't have to do a hundred person event like I did. So all of these considerations I take in strategically when I'm thinking about what is a launch to me? What do I want it to be? What feels fun to me? Um, what gives me the most ease and joy? My mastermind launches to this day are done by email only. There's no free event leading up to it. I might like get together people in an informal Zoom room and we'll all hang out and I'll do, I literally do like a money burning just for fun because I like doing them, even though I'm not like, you know, considered very much of like a spiritual healer leader in that capacity. Like, I think we get stuck in the rut of what a launch has to be and all the rules that have been set out by people who we follow who are way far ahead of us in our business and have a much larger team. But if you strip all of that away, launches do not have to be complicated or hard. They can totally be fun and fit your personality and what you like to do. Going into this, you felt like they were very, like not a part of your personality, but do you feel like now that I've said all that, there might be some things that would light you up? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I definitely pose that I am not, yeah, I'll, I'll still stand by. I'm not the traditional launch kind of person. Yeah. But, you know, I've, I've, I've been around long enough, you know, even just yesterday I was on the, the a zoom call with a, a client who's coming back to, for me to do some more work for her. And she was like, yeah, I, I don't really want to do group programs anymore, but I did just send out two emails to my list, um, for one-to-one clients again. And I have 20, you know, incoming calls scheduled over the next month. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for her, it's perfect, right? She just, transition. She just sold her house to 15 years and um, bought a van and she's going to do like the van life, you know, travel around the country kind of thing. And it's like a perfect fit for where she is right now. And, And by your definition, that's a launch. I would, you know, argue, I would not have thought of that as a launch, but it actually is right. She intentionally sent out information saying, I am open to this Yeah, and got response. So Yeah. Like that sounds pretty great. Yeah. And I want to just help people unlearn all those things that marketing tells you, you have to do. Like you have to have a sales page. No, you don't. I sell from Google slides or Google doc all the time, especially for a new offer, like remove those rules because they're not true. And this is coming from a copywriter who makes a lot of money writing sales pages still. And at a certain (laughs) stage in your business, it makes sense, right? Like there are factors that go into that choice. One of the factors is how big is your audience? How much are you willing to personalize the pitch? That person you just told me was going to get a call at everybody with everyone who was interested in her email that she sent out. That's an example of a very personalized pitch that doesn't require a lot more than interfacing with someone and making them feel good about the potential of working together. So that to me are, I like to think of those as launches. And the reason I do that, like I try to change the definition for everyone is because as a service provider, I feel like sometimes we get so busy doing the work that we forget that we do need to promote ourselves or tell people about our offer. And the more you talk about your offer, the more you're going to sell. Like, look back at the historical data of your business. Tell me what you did right before you made the sale. And it's usually you talked about your offer. So I want people to think of that as a launch. And in a way, service providers have an evergreen. Like, you're always selling, right? Versus someone who might have a course where there's a season of selling, where it opens and closes, and then there's not a season of selling, And for my course creators, I'm like, y'all need to look between your courses and look at what you're doing. And I get that you just came off a launch and maybe you want to break and maybe the profits were enough to sustain you, but for how long and what are you going to do in between? 
Because if you don't ask yourself those questions, you're going to be one launch away from broke, which is something that Amanda Bond talks about. And I think it's an important conversation. Like, don't put yourself in a position where you can't sell in between. So for me, I think it's looking at all your opportunities to sell, seeing the capacity that you have based on your personality and going with your strengths and not following everybody else's strategies, making your own conscious decisions about what's going to work for you. And that takes time, y'all. Like we have these <laughs> overnight stories of success. They rarely, rarely, rarely happen. I do love when they happen for someone as long as they're not lying about it. And that takes time to build. You know, I have a decade of learning this about myself to be able to say all these things right now. So be gentle with yourself. <laughs> um, so you said earlier that, you know, you prefer for your own business, you know, slow and steady growth. And I think I'm in the, the same same camp as that. And then, you know, just, just a minute ago, you acknowledged that, you know, people coming off of an intense launch, they want to take a break. They're probably sitting on a pile of cash and, you know, it feels like they don't have to do much, but you know, you're saying to my course creators out there, what are you be to, doing between the launches? You still have to do that. And I think that's one of the reasons for me personally that I've I've struggled with like the intense launch, everything, you know, everything about the intense launch, because <laughs> I am someone who preaches consistency, right? Like, you know, consistent content, consistent showing up, consistently being seen. That that's like the backbone of everything that I do and everything that I do for my clients and help them, you know, accomplish. So if I or they, for that matter, were to commit to one of those more intense launches, it would actually sacrifice some of the the work that got them there in the first place, which is building that audience and nurturing them along the way. And if you have a large team, like very large team, you know, I'm, I'm talking like, you know, the, you know, Amy Porterfields of the world where, you know, there's like, you know, 30 people working on the launch. Maybe it doesn't seem as intense. I don't know. I've, I've never been in one that big, but for regular people who are, you know, launching something to just kind of slip back into that normal nurturing mode probably feels a little bit jarring. Yeah, it is jarring. I can speak to that specifically through my experience. Like I just finished a launch for my business. We did a free no charge copy course. We had 3,700 people signed up and that's the largest I've ever done. Yeah. Like super grateful to hold space. That's large. <laughs> it's, but I'll tell you what happens in my brain. A couple things though, that I use to buffer what I'm about to tell you. First of all, I take four months off every year and I've done that for the seventh year in a row. So when I know that I'm going to be sprinting with my team and there's no doubt about it, it's a sprint y'all It is a sprint. And when I know that's coming, I build in the time off before we ever get started. Like that's the, before the marketing plan for the launch to get the 3,700 people, I sit down and I say, y'all, this is my time off. That is how we start our meeting. <laughs> and I want to know their time off too, so that we can all get aligned for the marketing plan. But we have to start with time off because if we don't start there, then all of us are going to not love our lives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the other thing that I do is I acknowledge, this helps me a lot, actually. I acknowledge that for me, the no charge copy course is six sessions that I film live for all the people who signed up. I know that that's a two week period where I am mostly needed in front of my screen. So I go stay at an Airbnb 
for any day that I have to be live, I can't do it from home. I have two young kids. It's not going to happen. I tried it once and I vehemently was like, never again, just because there was a situation going on where I couldn't leave. And so building in the space. So my environment has to be slightly different for those two weeks, building the time off right away. And then something does happen in my head where I will take one week off after we finish the the sixth session. So I noticed that I go from having to talk to a lot of people to cutting myself off from talking to so many people because we use a Facebook pop-up group and I love engaging with those people. And then we do Instagram DMs to help close them as well. Really, we're not trying to sell. We're just doing customer service as though they are already a customer. That's answering questions and all that. Yeah, exactly. But then I have to turn that off. And that switch takes me about one to two days. Even if I've already blocked the time off, I have to start training, retraining my brain to not get up in the morning and pick up my phone. Cause I love to like, that's it's, it, one thing about my personality. I love all the conversations. Some people, when I tell them what I do in terms of customer service before they're a customer, they're like, nah, not for me, <laughs> but I can have 50 conversations in a DM and just have a good time. I have my team start it. And then if they follow up, I follow up and I'll get my roller skates on. And I'll go into my garage and I'll do circles in my garage while I'm DMing people back. And it's the most fun ever. <laughs> Please tell me that you have, someone has like taken a video of you doing that and you've just oh, posted yeah. like a little loop of you doing circles. Yes. There is one on my Instagram reels. You can find it and people, it's one of the most popular. People love it. <laughs> that sounds awesome, actually. Um, this is also being said by a girl who like, cannot wear roller skates. Last time I put them on, I was standing still and doing nothing and was suddenly sitting on my butt. I don't know how it happened. So (laughs) yeah, I've landed hard too, but that's part of it. I want to be able to jam, like to do dances on the skates. That's my bigger goal. Anyways, side note, but these are ways to inject fun into the launch, right? Like strategic, it's, I, even though it's fun and play, it's strategic for me. Like I find ways to build it in so that I can go swimming after I get off that live session and I'm in a pool and I'm just like living my best life. (laughs) I like it. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. And I wanted to give people permission to create whatever their play sandbox is when they're listening to us talk right now. Like what would feel good for you? Taking your computer to the botanical gardens, do it. Like use that as your office for the day. Even if you're only serving private clients and you don't have this big launch to plan for, changing your environment is huge. And it's one that I want to give people permission to do more of. Um, Hiking while you're responding to DMs, like it's great. You bring that energy. People pick up on it. This is maybe the more important conversation is, Copy is what I love. Messaging is what I do. Strategies for launches, also great. The thing that's more important and underlying though is how I treat myself when I'm getting ready to do that work. And people pick up on that energy more so than anything I ever say to them, in my opinion. And so, yeah. Do you have places you like to go play when you're working? I'm super curious. Well, yeah, so... You know, before we started recording, I shared with you that I'm now two weeks into not having a babysitter. So it's been like a weird schedule in my house lately. But uh, we have a 
really nice back porch. It's covered, like fully covered. It's, it's, you know, like, I think we actually just measured it because we're trying to like put fans up for the summer. I think it's 24 by, by 10 feet, something like that. So it's, it's big and we have, you know, a nice little like love seat lounge set on it. And uh, back in February, we had several nice days. Now they were chilly because I'm in Portland, Oregon, and you know, it's not warm (laughs) in February, but we had a lot of really beautiful days. And I I would just go sit out there and bring out like my fuzzy outdoor blanket and work. And it'd last for like an hour and a half before my hands got too cold, you know, (laughs) but I just sit out there with my laptop. And then we had sadly, and unfortunately a literally the wettest spring on record. This is not me exaggerating. This is like the weather people who've been tracking this for a hundred years. Right. And it's just been crap, like Uh. April, May, everything has been awful. And just like last week, we had two nice days in a row and I went back outside and sat out there and worked out there while I made my kids get like outside time and, you know, not be on top of me. And it was a really good reminder that I can work where I want to and I can work when I want to. And it felt good, even though I was very much feeling stressed because I felt under the gun without, you know consistent large blocks of work time. Yes. I was still able to make it work and it felt good and lovely. That's beautiful to hear, like making the most of whatever situation we find ourselves in. Cause I don't wish that on any of us. And at the same time, like here we are in what are some very uncomfortable times. And some days you may not feel up to doing these things we're talking about and that's okay. Other days though, like if you have the energy, these things are really important. You're reminding me too, I have, so when the pandemic started, I was like, oh, I really need a space that's not in my immediate home. And I started thinking about buying a outdoor greenhouse. They're like these cute little houses. And I was like, I want a separate space for me. Like I can't just have, be in the same space with everyone all the time. Like this is too much. And then I realized, oh, right. I have a separate garage that's not attached to my house. And it's really well done, like really well insulated. It's a beautiful space. And I was like, I'm going to turn it into an office space. I hired a organizer, a home organizer to help me get the garage in shape. And then also to source some, like a really beautiful rug, a beautiful mosaic lamp. And we, I told everyone in my life, I was like, call it Coachella. So the kids don't know that I'm out there. Like say mom's going to Coachella now. And so that's what we do. Like she's going to Coachella. See you later. Oh, that's fantastic. (laughs) I had to get creative y'all because this life was pushing me. And then I had a hammock out on my other side porch And those were my two spaces. Like I just needed a space where no one could get to me and it was hidden behind the apple tree. So like my kids wouldn't know that I'm out there when I was out there and it was everything for my sanity. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's so funny. We just put, um, we have a, a, a good hammock tree, but we didn't have like the, you know, side piece, like the other side of the hammock. So my husband just put in, uh, you know, like a four by four, like post and put a hook on it and it's, we haven't had the weather to enjoy the hammock yet, but I have the option for the hammock all summer long. So that's actually a good reminder too. But yeah, no, it's, I, I think what you're saying is really important to note that we, we don't have to, like we've created these lives, right. Where we can work from anywhere, but so many of us don't, we just sit at our desks. Yeah. Yeah. Or and, we assume that we have to follow all the marketing rules that are out there. And I also want to kind of strip those back for a minute and be like, Do you though? Is that what's going to serve you best? Because we 
love the success of what other people have. And then we sometimes wonder why what they do doesn't work for us. And I think it's this misalignment of knowing your personal strengths and then also knowing that you can make uh, when everyone else zigs, you can zag. Like I hired a project manager for my private client work instead of trying to keep launching courses like so many of my peers were doing because they were burnt out on their private client work. But if they had just put that piece in place and yes, it costs money, but you would spend money on launching a course. Why wouldn't you spend money on hiring someone to better serve your private clients? So food for thought. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I have one last question for you before we kind of close this out. And, you know, you, you mentioned like you book into an Airbnb when you have to be live and things like that. And I think that's really good once you've hit a certain status, but if someone doesn't have the budget to do that kind of thing and they still have you know, plans to move into a launch, what would you recommend as a good way for them to kind of move into it with a good headspace mm-hmm. and and get the most out of it with the least amount of like crazy stress? Yeah, I love this question. Prepare your family if you have one. Tell them what's coming. Don't just assume that they know what's going on when you sit down in front of a screen your little ones and the adults who might be in the household, like say, this is what's coming. I want you to see this coming so that we don't have to react to it when it gets here. And instead we can respond now. I literally would take my husband on a daytime date and sit him down and be like, yo, it's coming. Like this is about to happen. I'm going to be gone quite a bit. Or if you're still in the house, like when you see me in front of the screen, help me. Like you can't have people interrupting me. Like I need support. Can they take time off to support you? Maybe, maybe not, but look at it as an option and then make sure you schedule in like all your hikes. If you, you know, aren't at an Airbnb, maybe you can at least schedule in that you're going to go sit at the park for whatever days of the week that, you know, you're presenting. Cause for me, I'm empath, I need to ground. So even just walking out off of my front of my house and putting my feet in some grass, even if it's as small as that, even if it's as small as giving yourself three breaths, like closing all the screens before you go live and laying on the ground and taking three breaths. These things make a huge difference in the amount of presence that you have and also your level of calm and how you can support people. Like be able to open up your heart to your community. They love that stuff. And it's the intangible things that we can just make sure overall that you're responding, not reacting. Wonderful. Um, Thank you. That was awesome. And gave me some, some definite food for thought. Uh, Where can people find you if they're interested in continuing this conversation? Well, I have a gift for your audience. If they go to sagepolaris.com slash we love Brittany. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have the triple email open rates. So that template is for anyone who maybe you have an email list already and you've ghosted them. No worries. I give you the three things you can copy, paste and personalize it. So it sounds like it's coming from you specifically, but it'll get that conversation reignited with them in a way that'll feel really empowering to you. If you've had a list for a while, you communicate to them regularly, you still want to use this triple email open rates because when's the last time you scrubbed your list, like got rid of people who are not actually engaging, this template will walk you through how to do that 
so that you only have people on your list who actually want to engage with you. And it's a good thing to clear out old energy from your list. I am a big fan of it. So those are the the templates and you can go to the sageplayers.com slash we love Brittany and grab those. Perfect. Well, Sage, thank you so much. Appreciate it. My pleasure. It was so fun. I appreciate you too. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview. I had a really good time. Sage and I probably could have kept talking for another hour. It was just that fun of a conversation and free-flowing. And I hope that you gained some of the insights that we were both talking about. She's a wealth of information, obviously pulling from those 10 years of writing copy. And yet she acknowledges you don't always need a sales page. I just love how honest and open everything was. And if you guys enjoyed this, or if you know somebody who needs to hear this message, maybe they are like, I'm never launching again. We've all got friends like those, right? Um, If that's the case, I think this is the kind of episode that you should definitely share with them. And if you have not yet rated the No Like and Trust Show, please hop on to Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, I mean, and rate and review there. 